Right, we're going to be in First uh, Corinthians, but uh, before you get there, I uh, want to wish you guys a happy new year. I know that, uh, thank you for being here. I know it's a holiday and we're in God's house, where we're supposed to be in God's house no matter what day it is. Uh, but again, thank you for being here. You know, some of you have made New Year's resolutions. Uh, most of you probably said, hey, you know what, I'm hitting the gym at least four times a week. Uh, um, stop eating. Uh, and then, you know, January 6th, you at Cane's already. Or you at uh, McDonald's again. McDonald's fries is kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to get away from that. When you, when you say you want to go on a diet and, you know, as the world brings the new year, all these diets, these fads, all these diet pills have been sold. Uh, gym memberships probably are through the roof right now. But those uh, McDonald's fries, those are hard to, hard to let go. I mean, you just can't, I mean, it's like a, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I need to fast more and cleanse myself for the fries at McDonald's, but they are very good. Some of you are probably this superstition. And if you're from Mississippi, Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, you know what I'm talking about. People cook collard greens and, and they cook uh, black-eyed peas thinking that they're going to get prosperity, as Brother Rail said, prosperity, you know, thinking that you can get prosperity out of, and I've eaten this every year and I'm still broke. So, uh, I mean, so I'm going to try something different this year then. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. But people are making all these deals in the physical form, but what about the spiritual form? Uh, because in the spiritual form, you know, people don't set goals as they used to or as they did back in the day about, Lord, maybe I want to get closer to God. It's all about the physical form, the, the, the dieting, the money making. Hey, I pray that we make uh, as much money. And, and again, I'm not saying prosperity is wrong or praying for prosperity is, is wrong or praying for you to get better health. That should be a goal throughout the year. But what about being closer to God? What about bringing your family closer to God? What about having a better, better relationship with God, through Jesus Christ, which died for us. Most people think about, again, they, they, uh, they think about all these traditions and stuff, and traditions is not bad, but if I'm going to put my faith in some collard greens to bring me money, maybe I need to rethink my uh, thinking here and maybe put my faith in God to bring me something else, something different, and money isn't everything, or maybe to put my faith in black-eyed peas to bring prosperity to my family, and a pot of stuff that's going to be eaten and probably throughout the toilet, probably going to go out. Why put your faith in that? Let's just be honest. Why put your faith in that? You're putting your faith in, 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 in the physical form and not the spiritual form. Um, the Indians believe three gods. They believe the uh, Brahma, which is the creator. They believe in Vishu, which is the preserver, and they believe in uh, Shiva, which is the destroyer. If you know anything about the Indians or the, uh, the uh, Native Americans, they have a sun god and a rain god. Somebody's probably planted a rain god now. Well, God, I hope, I hope that there is more rain this year. I hope that there is more sun this year. Or praying to the money god. Well, God, I just hope there is, you know, more money this year. Or, or, or for the crop god, you know, if they're farmers, and God, uh, you know, dear crop god, I hope that I grow more crops this year. May I tell you that there's only one God that you need to pray for everything for. But we don't think that, but we pray for different, these, these different religions, these different beliefs and traditions. You have a sun God, a moon God, a rain God. God created all, if you read the book of Genesis, he created all from day one to day six, and then he rested on the seventh day. 
So don't put your faith, again, tradition, if you have a family tradition, I'm not knocking that. But don't put your faith in these traditions. That's some crazy, crazy traditions out there for New Year's. Like, don't wash your clothes on New Year's Day because you're washing by the family. Sometimes I wish that were true for some family members. Or it says you shouldn't have your house dirty because your house can be dirty all year long. But let me tell you that Paul said it, if you'll stand for the reading of the word, in 1 Corinthians 14, or 12, and if you'll stand for the reading of the word, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul wanted the church to get it right. Paul wanted the church to get everything right. What do you mean by that? Well, Paul traveled churches, and he traveled to, uh, to the church of uh, Corinth, the uh, Ephesian church. Paul traveled around, but he traveled and he wrote, and when, you know, when he was in jail still, he wrote these things through, through God to the church. And in chapter 12, in, in, in verse 4, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says, Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Let me repeat that. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Different gifts, but they all come from the same God. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh, worketh all in all. So what Paul is saying that you may have different gifts in the church, he was talking about spiritual gifts, of course, but different things from the church, different operations, but you still got one God that's in control of all that. You don't have to pray to the rain God or the sun God or the shoe God for some more shoes. You go to one God. Why do you want to go to different gods for different things when you can go to Elohim, the one who existed, the one who said, I am, I am that I am? Go to him. If you go to all these other gods, they're dead. We only have one living God. And Paul is telling them, hey, go to one God, because he knows that they will think they got this from someone else. Somebody say, well, I got my spiritual gift from my mother. It was passed down. My mom can sing, so I can see. No, you got it from God. So that's something that it needs to be important to you today as you go throughout 2023, knowing that all good things come from one person or one God, one living God at that. And it says, and there are, there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, and by the same Spirit. The same Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father, I thank you. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for us being here. Thank you, Father, for a new year, a new beginning, Father. And as we embark on a new pastor, embark on new things for our personal lives, I pray that we, need, that we may not forget the one important thing that matters, which is you. You are always on the throne. You are one God. And, and God, as you are still in control, as we go through our life, fretting about what tomorrow will bring or this year will bring, let us not forget that all things work good for those who love you. And if we love you, we say we love you, then show me faith without words as you said. And Father God, I just pray, Lord, 
for your people. I pray, Lord, for your people that are traveling, people that are hurting. I pray, Lord, for Miss Kathy. I pray, Lord, that you, that you just give her the strength to just keep, keep pushing on. I pray, Lord, for Pastor Gunner, as he, uh, as he is the sole, uh, the uh, sole caregiver of her. I pray, Lord, for Pastor Himes as he travels. I pray, Lord, for traveling grace for his family. I pray, Lord, for everyone here. I pray, Lord, for those who are going back to college and who are dealing with things that they have to deal with. But let yourself be known to our people as you always done. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Many operations, one God. The title of the message is one God. There are many operations that go on. If you live in the Permian Basin or you're here in the Permian Basin, you know oil. That one word oil that goes on around here is all for that one word oil. We have seismic crews that go out and check for seismic waves. And uh, again, I'm not getting to the science of it because I don't want to bore you with the science of it. But they go off of seismic waves to see what, to see whether there'll be drilling activity, to see whether this area would be uh, profitable to drill in. Once they do the seismic crew comes out, then there's a drilling crew. Before the crew drills, they have to get a permit to drill. Once they drill, they put casing around it, and I'm just giving you the short of it, they're going to frack that well. And they're going to put a pump jack on the well. So all the traffic you see, all the things you see going on here, all the roustabout crews, the water trucks, the pump trucks, for one thing, the, the goal of that is to produce oil. That's all it is. All these different operations going on, they call them SIMOPs. That's all it's for, for one thing, oil. So all these man hours worked, all these people going to do these things, these permits, the, the biddings, the meetings, the attorneys, the workers, for one thing, oil. To produce oil. You have all these operations going on every day, 24-7, fracking, uh, logging, perforating, drilling, pumping acid down the well, treating the well. You have all that. Someone goes in there and read the meter. All of that, you have company men, you have safety guys, you have red crews. All for that one thing, which is oil. Yes, it's very lucrative, but all of the operations around it for one purpose, oil. For those of you who have been to the outport, have flown before, whether it's from Southwest or Spirit, which there's always something going on in Spirit, but, but again, if you ever flew, you know that all the baggage claim, the stewardess, the people who check you in, the pilot, they have one purpose to get you to your destination. All the other stuff goes on in the background. And what, and what Paul was trying to tell the church is that everything points to Christ. All the operations that go on points to Christ. Deuteronomy said it best. Well, uh, I'm not going to have you turn there, but Deuteronomy 6.4, it said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one Lord. One. He was saying that because the people of Israel was always worshiping false gods. How many false gods do we have in America right now? How many false gods? How many false religions? How many false hopes that you have? Because they, because they weren't worshiping the true God, Elohim. Elohim is plural, but it's still one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you take water in its purest form, water is water. If you vaporize it, it's vapor. If you freeze it, it's ice. But the substance is still H2O, it's still water. So God may be in a physical form as man, as Jesus Christ, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ last week. Jesus was a person. 
But the Holy Spirit or, or, or God was in that person. And I know that's kind of confusing some people, but the Trinity is still one God. It's still one. The same substance. And as we talk about that, the same substance as water, and that's the best I can explain it, as water freezes, it's ice. It's not water, but it's ice. Although they're different, they're still the same. In different forms. Water, water takes the form of whatever is poured in, like this glass here. It takes the form of a glass. See, Jesus was wrapped in a body. The spirit was in a body, and it was the begotten son. The begotten son had a beginning. Begotten, uh, he was born. But he existed before that body. And that's what you need to understand. People say, well, Jesus was born. That, no, yes, he was born in a physical body as the son of God. But he still had, for he, he was still existed before his body was produced through Mary. So I, I want you to get that. So as you go throughout your life, think about this. You have one job. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about one creation, one cause, and one solution. However, you've heard the term, you had one job, man. You just had one job. You screwed that up. One job. Have you heard that before? You have one job. One job. So all you had to do was one job. Back in Exodus, I'm not going to have you turn there, the Coralites had one job, was to maintain the ark. But it was the job of Aaron and his sons to basically put it together and take it down. And what would happen if someone touched that? They would die. Because they had one job. God gives us one job. A church has one job. And basically you have an under-shepherd, which is the pastor. You may have several pastors, but you have one main pastor. You may have an associate pastor. You may have a treasurer. You may have somebody in the pews that sings. But however, everybody has different things. But one job is to worship our true God. So everything that goes on in the church, the operations, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the uh, playing of the piano, the reading of the music, the hymns, is all for one purpose, for that one God. And again, when God manifests himself, he manifests himself in different forms. But he's still one God. I'm going to give you a definition of manifest. It's an event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or an abstract idea. Manifest. Remember when, when he appeared in the burning, the, uh, burning bush? Moses? He was in a burning bush, but that bush was not consumed. If I burn a bush, it's, it's going to burn to the ground. And I'd probably go to jail for arson if I tried to burn a bush. But however, God manifested himself in a burning bush that was not consumed. God manifests himself to us through other people sometimes or through the word of God. But he manifests himself in so many different ways. Jesus Christ was called the star of David. He was called the chosen one. The son. But again, it was all from one God. It says, and there are diversities of operations. But it is the same God which worketh all in all. The same God. The same God that gives you life. The same God that gives you freedom to, to, to worship, 
He's the same God. Everybody in the Bible, Moses, Jesus, pray to one God. Everybody here in this church prays to one God. But there are some religions tell you that there are other gods. Some religions tell you that the priest is the God. I mean, you go to the priest for forgiveness of sin. That you go to this man they call Elijah Muhammad in the nation of Islam that died and now Farrakhan's in charge, right? But they had a beginning and they have an end. So why are you going to pray to those people or put faith in those people that have a beginning and they have an end? So when you put faith in something or you put faith in someone or somebody, they have a beginning and they have an end. God spoke the world into existence. But however, he's a triune God. And I'm going to show you that he is a triune God. If you turn me to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. And I used to hate my English teacher, but she made sense now. It makes sense now that, you know, you need to go to school. Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Now ask yourself this question as you read this. Who is he talking to? And God said, let us make man. Let us. Who is he talking to? Let us. Us is plural. There was no man existed, no man that was there beside him. So who is he talking to? Again, he's a triune God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our image, plural, our image. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness, meaning having a body, soul, and spirit, after our likeness. After our likeness. See, Jesus had a body. God didn't have a body, but he always existed in spiritual form. So he said, let us Make man in our image, in our likeness. We have different operations. Your fingers, your hands, your toes. They're different, but you're one body. So you have all these things. Your hands are, your hands are used to do stuff like make money, throw football, hold a baby. Diversities of operation, but you're one body. When you die, it separates you have a body laying here that has no spirit in it that is dead. Your soul and spirit is wherever your maker is, in hell or in heaven. That's why it says to be absent from the body is to be present with God if you're a Christian. Because Jesus said, and I'm kind of going ahead, Jesus said, I came before you, but I go back to the Father. God was made from, he breathed, God was made, well, Jesus was made, but he went back to the Father. You were made as man was made from the dust. God breathed life into him. But he said, let us make man. So who is he talking to? Because if you by yourself and say, let us, somebody said, well, that, that guy is not really, something's wrong with that guy. But, but again, if I go with Brother David and Joel, I said, let us do this. Let us do this. I'm talking to someone else. So you got to understand that God, being a triune God, it's still one person. 
For however he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion, let them have dominion over the fish, the sea, and over the fowl of the air. That's one creation. He created man. So that's one creation. There was no other creation. There's no aliens. I know that you see on TV, there's some aliens. You watch these TVs, and there's ghosts. That stuff doesn't exist. He said, let us make man. One creation. Let us make man. Nobody else can do that. None of your false gods can do that. They can't make man. Man was made through Jesus Christ, through God, the only true God. And that's one thing you need to understand. God gives life. Now, in our image. Now, some people can say, well, when you see me, uh, Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. I can't say when you see me, you see Malachi. Or when you see me, you see Terrence. I cannot say that. Why? Because I'm not God. One creation. The body, the soul, and the spirit. The diversities of operations of man. Man does a lot of things. People say, hey, man, I got a lot going on this week. Diverse operations, one person, one life. Your soul got to give an account of that life, but you're one person. I can't give an account for Brother Rell. Brother Rell can't give an account for me. I'm one person. I give an account for myself when I see God. But again, one creation, one cause. Turn me to Mark. One cause. In verse 15, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And I'll give you time to get there. One creation, one cause. And he said unto them, Go ye into the to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. One cause. Sharing the gospel. All this that goes on, all the door knocking, the track printing, the website design, the theme of a year, the singing, the praising, for one cause, spread the gospel. You have a Bible, spread the gospel. You have a cell phone, spread the gospel. One cause. Now, Jesus was in his resurrected body at the time. He had already died on the cross, and he, and he appeared to them and gave them a charge. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. The missionaries that we have, Brother Clinton, that we have here, all for one cause. To spread the word. You have one God, one creation, one cause. That shouldn't confuse no one. Let that not be confusing. You have one creation, man. One cause of man, spread the gospel. You get saved, you get baptized. In verse uh, 16 says that he, have, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Saved from what? Well, let's read on. But he that believeth not shall be damned. It means basically you shall be, uh, again, you are going to hell. You are basically perishing. You're going to perish. But when God made man in his image, you have to accept Jesus Christ in order to get the full picture of that. The where you will go back to the Father when you leave here. 
If not, who else owns you? There's only one false god. It's the devil. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. However, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, where are you going? You're not going to heaven. And there's a lot of people that mean well, and they say, man, rest in peace. He's, he's not suffering anymore. Or she's not suffering anymore. And I hate to say this and be not negative, but just be truthful to you that everybody is not going to heaven. Everybody is not resting in peace. That's a cliche that's been used for years. Rest in peace to so-and-so. Rest in peace so-and-so. It doesn't mean that they're resting in peace. Again, there's gnashing of teeth. That's not in heaven. So one creation, one cause to spread the gospel. All that, the bus ministry, the preaching, the teaching, for one cause to spread the gospel. That's why we're here. We're here to worship God, but also to be equipped to spread the gospel. We get under some sound preaching, but we got to spread the gospel. Jesus Christ gave a command to his disciples to spread the gospel. He didn't get someone saved and say, well, you're going to meet with heaven now. No, he said, this is what you're going to do. This is your charge. And he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink and uh, any deadly thing, uh, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Again, God ascended to heaven, but he gave his disciples a final charge. Go preach the gospel. Go preach. Start, uh, again, upon this rock I build my church. That's why we have church planning and church conferences, to spread the word of God. It's all, we got different operations. You have, men's, you have men's advance, women's retreat, amen conference. All of that, all the diversities and operations is for one thing, to spread the gospel. One cause, one message, one God. And that's what we got to realize in 2023, one cause. Oh, I just want to be rich, man. You know what? I do too. But that's not important. Because you can't be buried with money. I cannot have everything with me in my casket. It's not going to do me any good. Man will never stop trying to get rich. But however, I'm telling you, you can be rich in Christ. You have all things. You don't have to pray to many gods for those things. You go to one God to solve all your problems. One solution, one God. So one creation, one cause, and one solution. You turn me to John, and you probably know where I'm going. Turn me to John 3.16. Again, one solution. God knew man would mess up. So, he, you know, he devised a plan. He knew that man would mess up when he created man, but he already had a plan in place because he knows everything. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Only begotten son. Only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world to but that through the world him, uh, through him might be saved. One solution, Jesus Christ. He sent his son, his only begotten son. His only begotten son, he sent to save this world. He sent to die on the cross because we cannot do it ourselves as we talked about as the, as the story of the Bible, uh, the, uh, the uh, story, the, the uh, Christmas story was uh, read last week and, you know, we preached on it as well. But he gave his only begotten son. He, but he's not a kid anymore. We celebrate that, but he's not a baby anymore. He built his world, he died, and he's coming back again. This time when he comes back, when he comes back, he's coming for us in the air, but when he comes back, he's going to rule and reign. He's going to sit everything straight. He's going to sit all the things straight, all the crooked judges that are here. He is the judge. He is the example. He is the only one. Make no mistake, he's the only one that can set things straight. We have a bunch of crooked judges somewhere, crooked cops. There are some good ones, but we have some crooked ones as well. He is the only straight and righteous judge. And when he comes back, he's come back to rule and reign, to set the example that we cannot meet. He is the one. John 16, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have you turn there, but, I, but we're going to read it. John chapter 16. Um, And it says here, uh, verse 25, So these things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the same cometh, but the same, excuse me, but the time cometh when I shall speak no more unto you in Proverbs, but I shall, I shall shew you plainly of the Father. So he's basically, see, when he referenced the Father, if you know Jesus Christ saying the Father is different than I, he's saying by reference to the Father. And that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. He, he's the interceder. He's the interceder. And, and again, if, if you go back in verse 7, when, 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 when Jesus is telling us about the Spirit, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it is expedient for you that I go away, for I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. The Holy Spirit, the, the, the comforter. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I must go, because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, cannot come to you. The triune God, there's three, as we said, but it's one substance. It's all, it all comes from above. Remember when Jesus got baptized by John, and again, he said, I am proud of him, who my son, of course, I'm just ad-libbing here, but of course his spirit appeared like a dove. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, a triune God, Elohim is plural, but one God, one substance. And then it says, verse 8, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
of sin because they believe not on me. Of the uh, of uh, righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world. We, and we all know who that is. But Jesus came to this world and he understood the assignment. He understood the assignment of what he was to do. He was a sacrifice. But he understood what he had to do. He understood the assignment. He had one job, as I said earlier, he had one job and he perfected it. No one else on this earth could do that. He perfected it. We all make mistakes in our jobs and wish, man, I, I hope they don't fire me today because, you know, I forgot to do this or, you know, I forgot to do that. Or I gave out the wrong order. However, Jesus Christ understood the assignment, him being the son of man, and he perfected it. But however, it wasn't with trouble. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you turn me in Luke 22, I'm going to wrap things up here. But in Luke 22, and I'm going to start at the end of verse, well, I'm going to start in verse 40. We'll go to verse 43. Luke 22. This is before Judas came and portrayed Jesus with the kids. Judas, Judas, Judas I think, had already run out. But he hasn't came back yet, and Jesus is troubled because he knows what's about to happen. He knows the sacrifice that he's about to make for this ungrateful world. But he did it anyway, but it's ungrateful world. He knows what sacrifice he would have to make. But he understood the assignment. He said, verse 40, and when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, so a very short distance, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He's on his knees praying, sweating blood, and saying, Father, please let this cup pass me, but not my will, but your will, not my will, he was saying to the Father, it's not by my will, but by yours. You sent me, you sent me down here, but not my will. Meaning that it's not about me, it's about you, it's about that one, the one substance. And he prayed, he was sweating blood, he said, God, let this cup pass from me. He knew what was about to happen. He knew who would spit in his face. He knew who would hang him on the cross. He knew who would beat him. But he said, not my will. Meaning... He was willing to die for this ungrateful world. And for the people who was hanging him on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In the midst of all the pain and the agony, he still was able to forgive people or to pray on our behalf. So when we're doing things that we should not do, he still said, nevertheless, I still die for you. Nevertheless, I still die for you. I still love you. And as we think about that, how can we then commit open sin? He was in the garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood. He, was, he knew what had to happen. He knew what had to happen for this world to be saved. He knew it. He knew somebody would spit and slap him and beat him. 
He was always going to be beaten and beaten and beaten until he was unrecognizable. He knew what was about to happen. How many of you can say, hey, I die for my brother and sister. I die for anybody in this church. It's easier said than done. Easier said than done. You say, hey, I'll go with you to the end, brother. When times get hard, what happens? Remember, Jesus had an inner circle. Remember, Paul said, hey, he said, he said, no, he, said, he told Peter, he said, you will deny me three times. No, I won't, God. No, I won't. In the midst of it, he denied him three times. And the cock crowed. And he was one of his most, well, I say most important disciples. He seen the miracles of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He lived, he, he seen Jesus. He seen God in the physical form. But yet he still betrayed Jesus. He cursed said, I don't know this man. I don't know, I know, I don't know this man. He denied him. How many times have we turned on pornography and said, I don't know this man? How many times have we denied and said, I don't know this man? How many times? Remember, there's one God. Many operations, but one. The operation of a bike. The bike has a frame, has a seat, has a head, uh, a headset, races and, and, and cups and bearings to connect the frame. It has a fork, the fork to connect the tires. Has a stem and handlebars. Has brakes, tires, and wheels, right? But it has a, it has a, a, a uh, basically like the bearings and all that. But without movement, it's not going to go anywhere. Without somebody pedaling the bike, if you don't have a chain, the bike's not going to go nowhere. The church is like that. The chain is like the Holy Spirit. You can have a church, a building, a church paid off, people in the pew, and you're still not going anywhere because you don't have Christ. You don't have that chain. That chain puts everything together. And with forward motion, that bike has one purpose to move forward. One purpose. As a church, we got one purpose to move forward. To spread the gospel. But without that chain being greased in oil and without you praying and being in the Holy Spirit before you come here, it's not going to move anywhere. Because it has many operations, like a church does. Many operations at the oil field. There's no oil, there's no profit, there's no job. If Jesus Christ is not in the midst of it, it's not going to move anywhere. Let us, let us be aware of that. The next time we come to church, let us be aware that we got to do our part. As it was said in 1 Corinthians, there are many members of one body. There's different gifts. I can't sing. You don't want me to sing. Okay? We may lose some members if I sing. However, I know my job. I know the assignment I'm supposed to do. I blend in with you, but I'm not going to leave. Know your assignment. For 2023, if you got any resolutions, know your assignment. Know that God is one God. There's one, there's one creation. There's one solution. One creation, one solution, Jesus Christ. As we understand that, as we understand that when we push forward this year, as you go to school, as you do all the things that you do for Christ, that's good, and do it for yourself, that's good. Nothing wrong with being, being profitable. There's not a sin for you being rich. There's not a sin for it. There's not a sin for you working. 
but know who provides the work. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you, Father, for all that you do.